Have a few minutes? You won't believe what you can do with it. Open a Regions checking account online in as little as five minutes. Then enjoy award-winning service and banking tools and tech that help you live in the moment. Learn more at regions.com slash live in the moment. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Welcome to Regions Business Radio. We're coming to you not quite so live today, but certainly on location at TPC Sugarloaf, home of the Mitsubishi Electric Classic, an event that Regions Bank supports. As a matter of fact, we're in the dining room this morning where breakfast is sponsored by Regions Bank for the uh, Champions Tour event held here in Duluth, Georgia. And today's, a, a think, going to be a fun episode. I'm real excited about the guys around the table. New friends and, and old friends alike, but uh, we got some good content to bring to you today as it relates to issues you may be facing in your banking relationship with the current uh, economic environment that we're facing that seems to be slow and materializing, but we'll talk about that. But before I do, I'm so excited. Part of this episode is to introduce a new member of the Regions team to you, uh, Mr. Adam Frangos. Adam, welcome to Regions Business Radio and welcome to Regions Bank. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. Uh, Adam and I have gotten to know each other over the last several months, and as we've looked to expand our team in North Georgia and specifically in Gwinnett, Adam and I were able to have a few conversations along the way and, and share a vision to bring region's brand and style of banking to the business community in Gwinnett County, sort of Duluth, Swanee, North Gwinnett for Adam specifically. With that in mind, Adam, the mic is yours. Tell us a little bit of the Adam Frango story and maybe also a little of your perspective, your commitment to banking. Yeah, I have um, I have an interesting story, and um, I love telling it. And you know, I, I've got to say thank you, JD, for for bringing me to Regions, and thank you for involving me in in this great event, which you know I've thought about being a part of for a long time, and it's exciting to get to be a part of it. But All right. you know, I always call myself kind of an accidental banker. When I got out of school, I wanted to be a financial planner, and it kind of was more difficult than I thought. And ironically, when you're 20 years old and talking about money, <laughs> you know, people don't really think you know much. And, and most of the time that they're, they're right. So yeah. that put me on a path through banking that started me very, very early in the branches. And I've just really tried to keep my head down and work my way through and, and do everything possible I can to get the experience to get me to this point today. Yeah. Awesome. Talk about that experience a little bit and think about it from uh, someone that may be uh, an executive of a company, a business owner, you know, your your experience primarily has been in managing cash and treasury management in addition to other things. But if, if you're thinking that someone listening today may own a company or be making decisions for a small mid-sized company in and around Gwinnett, what would your value statement be to them? Why would they want to talk to you? I think there's a lot of great things about me, but I know that other people don't always see that right off the bat. So it's dependent on me, but I'm just a curious guy. I think this is the biggest thing. You know, I've always mm. had great respect for the courage it takes to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody has that within them to go, to go do that and to take the risk that they have to take to make the life that they want to make. And I love being a part of it. Um, and mm. then more so, I like to go, best thing about being a banker is you get to go into all these different businesses, figure out what they love to do, kind of share in their passion. Their passion provides great energy that you can take along with you. And then if you can help them, 
create some efficiency, maybe some cost saving, you know, maybe shorten the time of th that it takes for them to get to a certain goal that they have for themselves and ultimately, you know, live the life that they want. Like that's, that's what makes it great for us. Yeah. You, you mentioned at the beginning, a natural curiosity. I think so often bankers step into the room and think they have to say something or tell something to a client. That's not your approach to interacting with your customers. You're, you're curious by nature. Can you talk a little bit about how important it is for your curiosity to take the lead instead of your making statements or making pitches? That's a good point. And this is something that I think we lack a little bit of in, in the banking industry just in general. And this is something that in my previous life, I tried to instill in the bankers that I coached is you have to go and ask about the other person, what they like, what they need. And you have to actually understand what that means and what your role is in helping them do those things. So mm. if we go in, a lot of times, I think the movies from the 80s, you know, the Gordon Geckos, they kind of gave us all on the wrong track, maybe the wrong idea about what a salesperson is because sales became a dirty word, right? But at the end of the day, sales is just helping people accomplish their goals. And we can't do that if we don't understand what those are. Mm -hmm. And if we don't understand the human behind that business and, and those goals. So, you know, naturally, I've always just tried to connect dots. And if they don't connect, it just leads me to other questions. And the more questions I ask, the better understanding I have. And then the more able I am or our team is, you know, the better able we are to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that natural curiosity. I think we could have more of that. And I've learned it over the, you know, Adam's only been with us a little over a week and he's full of questions. And I like that. And if you're listening today and you think about your banker and your banker is just showing up and pitching and not asking questions about your business, I want you to get in touch with me. We'll get you in touch with Adam because at the end of the day, if you ask a business owner and executive about their business, and sort of sit back and let them talk, you're going to learn a lot. And now, now the flip side of that, Adam, before we get our other guys in, a lot of times today, business owners and, and executives, they do want to brag about their business. They do want to talk about it. They do want you to be naturally curious, but they expect ideas as well. They expect new thoughts or, you know, not just new ideas, but new strategies that will help their company. How do you... How do you take that natural curiosity and transform that into advice and counsel and feedback? I thought about this a, a lot just in, in my time in banking. And I think it boils down to we can't be experts in everything. And so, you know, we have around the table experts in different fields. And there's no way that I know enough about being a CPA or tax or audit to advise in that arena. Same thing for commercial insurance. So, you know, if I got in a car accident, you know, I'm not going to try to litigate something or if I have a lawsuit myself, I need an attorney for that. So as a banker, you know, I don't expect our clients to be experts in banking. You know, they have a, you know, it's a need that they have. They do mm -hmm. it, but they do it from a whole different side of the curtain than, than I do it. And I've spent thousands and thousands of hours just doing banking and talking to customers about banking. And that's not something that every entrepreneur is going to have under their belt. We, we love when we have a former banker as a CFO or a, or a client, you know, that just branched off and did something else because yeah. then we, it makes our job a little bit easier. But as a banker, you know, our curiosity is key because, you know, that's going to give us information that we can use to bring some ideas to you that yep. are new. Not only that, 
the banking industry changes so much and it changes so frequently that I look at that as our obligation to update our clients, our customers, our prospects on, you know, whether it's sending a news article about their industry or ours, you know, it's important to share information and to share ideas. And, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to somebody telling me that's a terrible idea, you know, um, sometimes they are, but if I don't share it, you know, and it would have been a good idea, I feel like that's a missed opportunity for both of us. So, yeah, you know, and, and on the flip side, as a consumer, you know, I like to be sold to, I like when somebody's an expert in their field, great at their craft, you know, curious about me and then wants to fit me with the best solution for me. So I try to deliver that, you know, because that's what I expect on the other end. Yeah. And, and to summarize, essentially, and at, we didn't plan this, but I've said on this podcast several times of late that our job is to make friends and solve problems. That's all a banker should do. And, and that's essentially what Adam was just talking about. If you got a problem in your business and you want somebody to help you solve it, you know, and, and Adam already uh, in his short tenure at Regions is, is also able to, as you just heard, talk about our, one of our strengths, which is local relationship management with industry expertise. We can bring in a foreign exchange guy. We can bring in a government institutional guy. We can bring in our treasury lady. All these things to make sure that we're focused on you, listening to you, and helping you solve the problems in your business. Adam, why don't you give everybody your email address, not your phone number, but your email address. They can reach out to you if they'd like to get in touch with you. All right. It's pretty easy. Adam.Frangos at Regions.com. And Frangos is F-R-A-N-G-O-S. Yeah. So I, I would encourage you to reach out to Adam and have that conversation. It doesn't, doesn't cost anything to have a conversation. Maybe there's an idea that you want to bounce off of a banker and we're here to listen and we're here to help. Now, today, again, we're, uh, we're recording at TPC Sugarloaf, home of the Mitsubishi Electric Classic, of which we are uh, a sponsor. Regions Bank is a sponsor. And we're very happy to do that. And Adam's playing today with a couple of guys that I want to introduce you to. To my right is somebody that's been on the podcast before, a good friend of mine, Daniel Sosby, with Moore Stevens and Tiller CPAs, accountants, audits, all the above, CFOs. I just probably uh, butchered that all up. Daniel, thank you for coming. You did fine. Thank you, Daddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to have you again. And to my left is Kyle Jasmine with Sandstone Insurance Partners. Kyle? Hey, J.D., really glad to be here. Uh, Honored. Thank you, Adam, for inviting me. And uh, it's just really cool to be here at the John Maxwell Pro-Am. As us being advisors, everything rises and falls in leadership, right? So I think that's going to be really cool to kind of what we're talking about today. Yeah, and I'd say, uh, you know, when we get done recording, you need to head out to the driving range. And if you see John, make sure you say hello. It's It's a treat to speak with him. Kyle, tell us about Sandstone Insurance Partners. Yeah, Sandstone Insurance Partners, we're a full service insurance brokerage. We have operations in the Tampa Clearwater area as well as the Sewanee area. Uh, We were established in 2017 and uh, we just thrive in trying to help business owners, whether maybe it's them, CFOs, whoever the decision maker may, may be at a firm between 25 and 300 employees, the kind of so the small to mid market company range that just really wants to have a little bit more guidance regarding their insurance buying decision. Sometimes insurance is a great solution. Other times it's not. Sometimes it can be Mm. solved by contracts and other things. So it's really important for an advisor to step in and and be able to kind of walk them through that process, be present during claims and and kind of other situations like that. Yeah, for sure. And that's a great market to call on. Um, And you have a, you know, it sounds like you have a, a wide region, a wide geography that you can serve. It's a family business. 
my dad started in 2017. I was at Liberty University at the time, studying to be a pastor once upon a time, and uh, ended up transitioning to business communications. He started the company. I was working up there, found a little small agency, and uh, the guy was a Liberty grad, former military dude, and he wouldn't return any of my calls, so I just walked in and uh, said I'd be willing to work for free. I wish that was my line, but my dad told me to do that, and it worked. He hired me. Two days later, he's like, I think I got to start paying you. This is really bad for me. So uh, it was just really cool. I got to see myself in the business. It was potentially just testing at the time. My dad was at Aon running the Atlanta office for them. And since then, he started Sandstone. And Kevin Paranunzi, my boss, was employee number one at a Georgia startup. And we've experienced a little bit of success, and it's been fun along the ride so far. That's a great. So, so you went to an agency and sort of hung out and said, hey, I want to go to work and just didn't take no for an answer? Before my dad was willing to buy in on doing his own thing, he always, I think, wanted to own his own company. But we had a conversation in a basement in Sewanee, and he definitely wasn't going to just leave his very nice, high-paying salary job if, if I wasn't sold on the industry. So I, I needed to see if it was something that I could do. Now, this was an agency that they were just doing personal lines type stuff. Okay. I, I mean, I was just filing papers and kind of helping them become paperless. But at the very least, I got to put my hands on a lot of policy language. And then I'd ask him a lot of questions after. And it just kind of gave me at least a little taste of, of what goes into an insurance policy and how coverages respond. Oh, that's very good. Uh, so would you say that one of your... One of the things that Sandstone would like to be known for is deep engagement with their clients and, and sound advice and counsel. I think we have to be. insurance. The insurance industry is definitely a relational business. Everybody has a friend that's in the insurance industry, and, and <laughs> every business owner knows their insurance guy. I'm sure they have kids that maybe play in the same little league teams or whatnot. And in order for me to get a sale, that means the current guy is getting fired, uh, which is the hardest part of my sales process. So we try mm. to really maximize the average agent or the average agency will get between 10 to 15% commission on whatever the total policy premium is. That's the best way to size our clients is anything maybe around the 150K, 200K annual premium or less okay. is kind of our bread and butter. Yep. And if you imagine, I mean, 10 to 15% of that, that you're talking about real money. So what are you getting for that? Is this year an agent that is just touching base with you once a year right before your renewal? Or is, is this a firm that's helping you maybe with quarterly stewardship check-ins? They're, they're helping you through your audits. They're hands-on with claims, all sorts of things. Something that I think the, the real name being an advisor would account to. I love that because at, at at regions we aspire to the same thing. You know, we take a look at our take a look at our clients, and we're 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 in regular contact with the majority of our clients. But none of our clients should go more than ninety days without having a meaningful conversation with their banker. That sounds quick. That sounds like a small window of time, but things move so rapidly, things change so quickly in banking and in business and in the economy that we find that 90 days is the window within which we also have to be interacting with our clients. Let me ask you this, at the risk of putting you on the spot, one thing that we talk about, and you can listen to previous Regions Business Radio episode on this, but is there such thing, and if, if I'm asking the wrong question, you can tell me, you know, you can just sort of hit the buzzer on me. Is there such thing as fraud insurance? 
in the cyber industry, there there is fraud insurance. For uh, what we're seeing right now, a lot of those claims are like invoice manipulation fraud or, or phishing scams, maybe that where someone comes in through an email and just sends faulty information. Or we've actually had a couple scenarios within our company where we advised clients to purchase cyber policies and they did, but uh, unfortunately, a fraudulent criminal or a cyber hacker it did go into the system and deceive one of the employees to pretending to be an owner. And it's wild. I mean, everybody thinks that won't happen to me. It's insane at, at how good that these hackers are at doing it. And I would strongly recommend that every business owner or decision maker listening out there would at least touch base with their current advisor about just seeing what the price for a cyber policy is. I had a, a very large client in the manufacturing industry that had one guy pretend to be his bank or his landlord, I'm sorry, and got them to wire an entire month's rent roughly thirty to $40,000. And if they didn't have the cyber coverage, uh, that's money that unfortunately, in my experience, I haven't seen a bank being able to get back for them. So uh, it would the policy would pay less whatever your deductible is. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Do it. MST just finished a four or five part series on cyber security, where we as a firm can go in and assist with risk assessment and essentially penetration testing for customers. We're partnering with a MST affiliate down in South Africa that has a cyber practice, sole cyber practice is what they do. So if you can find me out there on LinkedIn, my email address, whatever, we are posting our videos uh, that we've recorded on the cyber series. It, it tees in perfectly with what Kyle was talking about. And the risk out there is, is phenomenal. Daniel, if you think about your practice, let's just say your Duluth, North Georgia office, what percentage of your commercial clientele has been impacted by fraud? Oof. Over 50%? No. I would say it's it's probably a s- relatively small percentage, maybe around 10 to 15. But when you're hit, you're hit hard. Yeah. And there's no there's no alternative. You're, you can't go back. You're done. You're, it's just hit. This is incredible. We always want to be talking about fraud at Regions Bank. So you, Mr. and Mrs. Listener, what you just experienced is exactly why I wanted to have these three gentlemen at the table together. We have Kyle with commercial insurance. We got Adam as your banker, and we have Daniel as your CPA. What you just experienced via podcast is what you should be expecting in person on an annual basis, where you get whoever it is in these three roles for your company, get them together around the table and talk about these things. I didn't expect, I wasn't planning on this becoming another fraud issue, but I want to I jump into that because we can essentially role play why this is important to our clients, all of our clients. And we're going to share this broadly. So Kyle, you mentioned a manufacturing company. We, we also had a company that had, it wasn't business email compromise. It was imposter fraud where the criminal acted like a region's employee and a large sum of money was wired out. Now you mentioned in your scenario that some of the money didn't return. What we've learned is recoveries take months and banks are able to talk to each other. And a lot of times they're they're known criminals that the banks already know about. And we can, we can work together to recover as much as we can, but it literally takes months to get that money back. Okay. So we can, we can get an insurance policy of some sort, cybersecurity or whatever. Adam Frangos with Regions Bank. I love saying that is going to talk to you about our treasury services products, ACH fraud filter, positive pay, 
what what else would we have anything else so I, th- I think the awareness is key and i think what both of our of our partners here said was really important because at the end of the day the fraud has the potential to cost you money and all that money is usually at your bank and so you know if we have a familiarity with your normal business practices your processes who's in control you know we have internal controls in place to ensure that that doesn't happen but all the way around you know a a big business loss can put especially you know early entrepreneurs out of business Mm -hmm. it can impact you even if you end up getting your money back if you have a six-week time period where you're short on on cash for operations or can't pay employees or something i mean that's that's a huge impact to not just you but the stakeholders in your business your clients your employees and everybody else so Again, I just feel like it's the prudent thing to do to have everybody at the table. And we have the, the products, the services, you know, to do that. And, you know, if you really think about it at a, at a nominal cost compared to what the risk is associated yes. with, with the impact on your business. So, yep. you know, in addition to the products and services, like you mentioned, ACH fraud filter, because money going out via ACH is, you know, a lot of what happens and then positive pay, which has more to do with your, your checks and the fraud that we all know can happen with those. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but really just having a good team who has a good understanding of your processes, your procedures, your people, you know, the type of activity that you have through your bank account is, is just really critical in, in today's environment. It sounds to me like that's what you dig into at MS Tiller, right? Is process vulnerabilities. Correct. That's, that's a hundred. So when it comes to cyber, if we're talking cyber specifically, it's risk assessment first. Okay. So it's assessing how, how is the criminal getting in? And really a lot of that relies on how good your employee. I mean, are they, are they clicking on links they shouldn't be clicking on? Are they getting a spam? And it's, it's got a zip file in it. And then all of a sudden you, you expect it to be coming from that email address and it's, it's not a right zip file or We've even had people pick up a thumb drive off the floor and then pop a thumb drive in a laptop, and then all of a sudden you're you're, you're encrypted and you're, you're you're locked in. So yes, there's oh. a risk assessment first, and then what I'm talking about there as well is what they call the penetration testing. Once you assess risk, here's your protocol. This is what you need to do. We actually, or the the other cyber people, we uh, cyber team, we team with, they will actually start trying to infiltrate your company, and they'll find the no loop, way they'll they'll find the loopholes. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. sounds so valuable. It's it's huge. You can pick up very quickly. And I will say we we do it as a firm. So we actually have the South African firm try to penetrate MS Tiller on a normal basis. And then we'll pick up on emails and things that are coming through. We forward them off to our COO. And so far over the last few months, we have had a, I think, 100% success rate on not clicking on the things we should be not yep. clicking on. Oh, yeah. We do that too. Yeah. So outside of you know, our CIOs or our chief technology officers or our, you know, our vendor that, that monitors our networks, whatever a listener may have, communication and, a, and awareness seems to be front line. Everything we're talking about here is, like you said, it's, it's, it's solutions-based. It's asking the right questions. It's thinking about what needs to be done and then, and then creating a solution for your, your client, no matter what. It's not pitching a product. It's not just selling something off the shelf. It has to be tailored to the specific needs of the client, no matter whether it's banking insurance or accounting, tax, audit-related issues. Well, look, I mean, somebody hears MS Tiller and, and they think about those topics, audit, great auditors, 
have a long-term auditing team that, that gets to know the customers. You're doing a lot in the CFO for hire world. We are. But, but cybersecurity, fraud awareness, and all of that stuff is just as important as those others, and it impacts those others as well. I mean, as a CPA for like, yeah, we have assurance tax advisory work, but really we're in your day in and day out operations. What's impacting you currently, and then where do you want to go for the future? And all that's just in quarterly q and I mean, it's up to date. I will say most of my clients have my cell phone number, and they yep. text me and they call me seven days a week when they need to. Yeah, I may not respond immediately, but the point is to have ongoing conversation if you got a demand you got a need let's figure it out and but go that's what a relationship looks like right exactly is is availability and and sometimes letting somebody know that that you may not be available for a period of time right you know a great bronco legend shannon sharp is your best ability is your availability and i think as for our clients i know he meant that in a sports context but i i feel that is is it goes for us too as advisors you know can you get to us and i think you know a lot of the a lot of the others in our industry maybe don't quite see that the same way that this group at the table does see that. I'm almost giddy with excitement for the example that we're setting on this episode of Regions Business Radio. I love the idea of thinking, what if we, what if this group of men had a single client that they shared that we could, that we could have this conversation with? Now, that would be like nirvana for me, for you three gentlemen. But but the fact is that it's not the case. I can't tell you one of our clients that is MST, Sandstone, and Regions. Nonetheless, if you're listening to this, you do have individuals in each of these roles. And our encouragement to you today is to, number one, your banker should be instituting this meeting, in my opinion. If not, Mr. and Ms. Business Owner, Mr. and Ms. Executive, Call these three roles in your company to a meeting by the end of the second quarter. By the end of whatever year you're listening to this, get your insurance agent, get your CPA audit firm, get your banker in a room, and talk about a variety of things. Talk about how, oh, I love this topic, Daniel. Don't just talk about fraud and cyber awareness. Talk about how your decisions on reducing your tax liability affects your income statement and balance sheet that also may affect your ability right. to get a loan. Yeah. How long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about that forever. Uh, but high level, that is a that is a huge topic because a business owner, phase one, reduce my tax liability. But if you're keeping a set of books that's purely based on reducing tax liability and then you have to submit those books to a, a bonding agency or uh, your banker for covenants and whatnot, or just to grow your business and all of a sudden I need more borrowing capacity, but my books are not accrual-based, they're tax-based, it's not showing any income over an X period of time, then you're, you're kind of, I mean, you're working backwards to build an accrual-based, gap-based financial. So any day of the week, you can keep an accrual gap-based set of financials. A good CPA can back into just tax basis, tax planning, which is done on a quarterly basis. Mm -hmm. That way, you're not just, dare I say, manipulating a set of books just to keep it at a, a low net income. You're not, but it's not going to be a good value add for budgeting, forecasting, or providing it to a third well, party. Well, it's a primary point of decision for the majority of business owners out there. 100%. You know, because... There's there's a perspective about the the angst the pain to pay taxes, and and very rarely do business owners realize what that means to their ability. And I, I always forget about bonding, but you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you can get mad at a at a bank underwriter if you need a loan, 
you try to go through a bonding process right. with a bonding underwriter, it's 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 as diligent. And then and then look, you you sort of say, well, okay, Adam and Daniel are talking about income statement and balance sheet and planning. Well, where's Kyle come in? Well, I'm I'm thinking about somebody needs to access capital from Adam to buy a building, to buy a piece of equipment. Yeah, oftentimes they're required by banks or governments, depending on the, maybe the size of their employees. But whatever the facet, uh, a lot of firms are required by law or their vendors to purchase insurance. The very first thing that we'll do when we get into these type situations or getting introduced to a client, and I just have to echo the t- all the guys at this table too, they, they've also kind of said uh, stuff that's very similar to our stewardship approach. And basically, we like Adam mentioned, like Daniel mentioned, we just try to listen. Uh, we try to understand what their situation is. So how do we do that on the insurance side? Well, we do this thing called a policy or a coverage review where we just go policy line by policy line, whether it's your commercial auto, your property insurance, your workers' compensation, your general liability, even on the group benefits side, we specialize in that. But uh, we literally just go through all of the coverages and we kind of let the business owners know what they currently have. Maybe we identify any gaps in the areas as well that they might not be aware of. Self-insurance is always a great thing as long as you're knowingly self-insuring. Uh, Uh, That's kind of why the insurance industry will get a bad rep is just when uh, something was excluded on a policy or under or underinsured and and then the business owner finds out at the time of a claim. So that's all stuff that can be figured out just through communication and and stewardship and, and touching base throughout the year. Yeah, for sure. Interesting financial times that we're in. You know, there's concern about bank safety. There's concern about a rise in interest rates as as we're speaking today. I think it's a Fed day where rates are going to potentially be impacted again today. And with that noise in the economy, my urging to you, if you're listening, is, again, to get people in these roles together. I mean, what if there are there are insurance expenses? And I've seen this with some of our customers, insurance coverages that for whatever reason, they may be still covering something that they no longer even own. I mean, I, we've we've seen that before because a review reveal, oh, do you still have this excavator or whatever it may be? Oh, no, we sold that three years ago. Well, your current insurance agent still has you covering that thing and you don't even own it anymore. Whether it's insurance tax fraud, you know, audit, those things, th- this type of communication is is beyond key and it's beyond important. So it, I just love the topic. I, I just think it's very important. Let, let's switch for a minute. So, Daniel, Kyle mentioned that their firm primarily specializes in em- employers with 25 to 300 employees. Are you in a similar type of, you know, sort of business size with who you focus on? Do you do you, do you dip down below that? And certainly you have larger, but is 25 to 300 employees sort of your sweet spot? I would say yes to that. Typically, we're not looking at the employee level. We're more or less looking at the revenue level and really okay. the, just the complexity of the operations. We do not serve publicly traded work. We stay away from banking, government, and hospital-related, highly regulated, where it's you have to have a niche, you have to have certain qualifications in your uh, education to serve that industry. Okay. That's what we stay away from. So essentially, we do anything, everything privately held, family-owned from we do startup work to two companies that are pushing a billion in revenue from a consolidated basis. Uh, we also do clients that may just be domiciled in the state of Georgia, but then have international operations because we are part of more global, which is a affiliation of firms. I think it's a top 10, top 15 affiliation where we can reach out just like for cyber, 
Uh, we're reaching out to more South Africa down there. We can reach out to any of our more affiliates across the nation, across the globe. We can have inventory observations done in China, Australia, anywhere where there's a more affiliate. We can reach out to them, get their expertise instead of us having to travel and, and mm-hmm. then just have them on site to do on site demand there for the client. We are a 65, a little over 65 year old firm, started down in Brunswick, Georgia, migrated up to Atlanta 35 years ago, opened our Duluth office shortly after that. And five or six years ago now, time's running together with COVID, we opened a New York office as well. So wow. we had a presence up there with. Uh, like a little small three or four person firm that was doing a lot of private equity work. And one of our Atlanta partners was up there doing assisting them. And it just made a smart transition for us to acquire that New York firm. So we're just outside Manhattan and, and uh, Hardsdale White Plains area up there. Oh, very good. You know, you heard from Kyle and you've heard Adam talk about regular communication. I think, you know, you, you guys do quarterly tax payments or whatever for your commercial clients and, and things like that. Or you, you advise on those. Right. How how frequently should a commercial client expect to have meaningful dialogue with someone from MS Tiller? Same as your comment, no less than 90 days. Okay. Most of the time, it's biweekly, monthly. Uh, we're in there having conversation. It really depends upon, let's say, the level of engagement, right? So if you're in our advisory arm where we're doing your outsourced accounting virtual CFO, we're having those conversations sometimes bi-weekly, monthly. I mean, it's just, it's constant. If you're just an assurance client, that's probably more on the quarterly basis okay. because you're having your assurance audit review needs for the bank compliance, but we're still in there quarterly keeping up with internal controls and assessments and things of that nature. And then typically, if you're one of those two branches of our firm, you're also a tax client as well. Okay. This is kind of the nature of how it migrates. And then those, our tax partners are essentially in constant contact with our clients at least monthly, if not quarterly. And it's it's no different than banking regulation or insurance. The policies are always changing. Tax law is always changing. Yeah. What's new deductions for the year? And then your business is evolving. So we need to know what's changing in your business. Are you adding locations? Are you adding employees? Where are we going? And then how can we help mitigate the tax liability at the end of the day if we're just looking at a tax planning standpoint? And that's going back to your financials. It's it's You can have an accrual gap-based set of financials, but we're going to look through extensive tax planning, how we get the deductions right, capitalize the assets, do your section 179 to bonus depreciation, all that good stuff at the end of the year. We do your cash to cruel adjustment, all that fun stuff that we do. <laughs> but it goes back to having a set of financials that you can present to a bonding agent or bank the way it needs to be done. And then your tax returns done differently at the end of the day. I just feel like we're a bunch of nerds with microphones in front of our face talking about this stuff. That's what you need on your team, though. You need some nerds. You know, I feel like the nerds rule the world and run it, right? Uh, kind of my kids even sometimes, I'm like, they don't want to be known as a nerd. I'm like, you do want to be known as a nerd because those are the people that end up doing great things in life. So uh, I, I don't mind being called a nerd. Yeah, this is a pretty- And hanging uh, out with nerds. Pretty nerdy conversation yes. here, you know? <laughs> but I think I made y'all like glaze over during my conversation just then. Well, not me. <laughs> I'm thinking, amen. I was trying not to be too uh, you know, evangelical over here about the importance of- uh, getting your financials done correctly and on time and and then making sure that your bank gets them in time for your covenant calculation and your uh, annual reporting requirements and right. things of that but you mentioned you mentioned planning and it brings me back to the center of this conversation where i can't help but think about right now if you think about our book of business in just north georgia i'm not talking about all of regions bank i'm talking about north georgia sort of duluth north to highlands 
east to Athens and all points in between where we deal primarily with manufacturers, wholesalers, distributors, professional services, some medical. We're really blessed to live in an area of the country where growth is still occurring. You know, up in, up 985, we're getting ready for the inland port. Um, you have the large companies that are expanding. We have more warehouse space being built now than ever in the history of sort of the northeast Georgia area. And I'd, I'd say that to get to this point is the majority of our clients that are strong in their industry are continuing to perform in a strong fashion. And because of that, we're seeing expansion. We, we really are. You, if you, you go to whatever your preferred social media is, Twitter seems to be more about you know, sports news and finance. Uh, but if you, if you look on that social media platform, you would, you would think that the whole world is melting down right in front of our eyes. But in North Georgia, we, we tend to see companies performing well and continuing to perform well and expanding. I feel like the majority of our opportunities within our book of business are expansion opportunities, acquisition opportunities, or sometimes, you know, next generation acquisition, buying buying out a, a parent or buying out a previous generation. Why do I bring that up? It's because with this change, and Daniel, you said it so well, you know, as things change, you've got to have all the interested parties around the table and serving you well. If you if you wait too late to to update Kyle on something within your business because Daniel brought it up, well, sometimes it's too late to do anything about it, especially in the fraud world. But you know, I would just encourage you as a listener to reach out to to each of these gentlemen. I'd prefer not to, as I said before, give phone numbers. But Daniel, can you share your email address? Yeah, so it's D Sosby at mstiller.com, and the Sosby is S O S E B E E. Yeah, please, uh, please reach out to, to Daniel for any of those topics that he mentioned earlier. Kyle, how can people reach out to you? Yeah, my email address is Kyle, K Y L E, at sandstoneins.com. Sand like the beach, stone like the rock, and then INS is in insurance. Yeah, very good. And, and is everyone on LinkedIn? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What's uh, you're at at Daniel Sosby at Daniel Sosby Kyle Jasmine at Kyle Jasmine two S's two N's. Okay. Very good. Very good. <laughs> and Adam Fran goes on LinkedIn as well. Uh, any closing comments? Any closing thoughts? If someone's listening, what would you want them to to think about you? Closing thoughts, Kyle. Sure. I, I just think it goes down that the, the greatest advisor to ever walk this earth, right? Didn't didn't come to be served, but came to serve. So how are your advisors serving you today? How are they adding value into your business? How are they making a difference into your life and helping you get a little bit more rest at night? That's very good. Thank you for that. Well, I'll remember that one. How about you? I, I love that. And I think that service is like at the core and the, really the spirit of what we're trying to do is serve our clients. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we all can do that. And, and each one of our ways of doing that is different. But as a team, you know, we, we're really capable of great things and helping your business do great things. And just a few things that I wrote down before this, you know, to think about is, is there's a few reasons, right? Big picture, what's happening macroeconomically, politically, in the environment, you know, all of us are very regulated, what changes are happening and how quickly and how do they impact you? You know, I can advise from this end, but certainly can't advise from these two experts end. And then I think just in your plan, like how has your plan adjusted? That's another critical reason for communicating often, because as we know, you know, you'll map out the the roadmap and, you know, detours occur along the way and, and you have to adjust. And, you know, we're all very capable of helping you make those adjustments. 
And then I think the other one that we need to realize is technology. Technology from when I started in banking, you know, to now is is so different. Um, even just five years ago, you know, it's, it's just mm-hmm. and it's impacting all of us. And you know, how do we leverage the technology? How do we lean into it versus you know shying away from it in order to create some efficiencies? Because we because of that, you know, we'll fall behind if others in our industry or our competitors are adopting it and we're not. So how do we keep you on pace or ahead of pace of, of your plan, you know, through technology and um, despite the macroeconomic and political environment that we live in, which is ever changing? Very good. Awesome. How about you? I'll keep it brief. I always say business is the evolution of meeting your life's needs. So essentially, we're here to do life with you. That's wow. It. Wow. Yeah, that is a mic drop. If you're listening today and you're not in a situation where you could have your 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 accounting firm, your bank and your insurance agent. If if you're in a situation where you've never been, I know I'm repeating myself, but if you haven't had those roles around the table focused on you. Years ago I had this friend that owned a large transportation logistics company up in Gainesville and uh he would pay his CPA for an hour of time to go into an office without distraction and think about that client. He, he paid for that. It was a billable hour that the CPA had on the statement, and it was basically client thinking time, where he just focused on that customer, thought about that customer, strategized around that customer, and then as a result of that was providing ideas, feedback, you know, counsel. And I think about that a lot. I, I think about we're so busy today. We have distractions everywhere we turn. It's, it's social media, it's family, it's work expectations. As a business owner or executive, you deserve to have a quarterly hour of time focused on you and your business by your insurance agent, your banker, and your CPA. Do it. I think that at Regions Bank, you should expect that, and it's hard to coordinate. But as a result of today's conversation, I'm asking you to do that in your own business venture, in, along your business journey. And if for some reason, any one of those three individuals that, that you've built on your team, they're unwilling to get at that table, call one of the guys on this podcast today. Email them, find them on LinkedIn, and reach out to them and let them slide into that seat so that you are the focus of a strategy conversation with your three most important advisors. So gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you play well at the John Maxwell Pro-Am at the Mitsubishi Electric Classic held at the TPC Sugarloaf in Duluth, Georgia, (laughs) sponsored by Regions Bank. But uh, thank you so much for your time today. I wish you well, and thank you for listening to Regions Business Radio. Regions Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be accounting, legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Regions believes this information to be accurate when recorded, but it cannot ensure that it will remain up to date. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation. The information should not be construed as a recommendation of a specific course of action for any individual or business. All Regions products and services are subject to qualification requirements, terms, conditions, fees, and credit approval.
Regions reminds its customers that they should be vigilant about fraud and security and that they are responsible for taking action to protect their computer systems. Fraud prevention requires a continuous review of your policies and practices as the threat evolves daily. There is no guarantee that all fraudulent transactions will be prevented or that related financial losses will not occur. Visit regions.com backslash stop fraud or speak with your banker for further information on how you can prevent fraud.